As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Hi, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good, because every year dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them, but with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly, so get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pick up the pieces of your life, put them back together with the words you write, all the beauty and peace and the magic that you'll start to find when you write your story. You've got the words inside, don't you think it's time to let them out and write them down, uncover what it's all about. And write your, write your story, write your, write your story. Hi, and welcome back to the Write Your Story podcast. I'm your host, Ali Fallon. Last week, we talked about how to build a narrative arc for your story. We talked about what a narrative arc is And I helped you to define that you are the hero of your story, which, as I mentioned last week, can be a little bit complicated for people. So I hope you had some time to marinate with that and really land on the fact that you are the hero of your story. You're the only one who can be the hero. You're the one who drives the action forward. You're the one who the reader is following. And it's your transformation that defines the beginning and the end of that arc. This week, I want to talk about what I call the one big problem to the story, which is going to be very central to your story because as I've discussed on an episode previously, the problem is typically the place where we enter the story. The problem is going to exist from the beginning of the story to the end of the story, or at least the one big problem is. And the problem is the thing that needs to get resolved in order for the story to feel complete. So two things have to happen in order for the story to feel complete. Number one, the hero needs to transform and become someone different. And two, the one big problem needs to be solved. A lot of times these two things happen simultaneously. It's almost like the one big problem is the external thing that gets solved in that big climactic scene at the end of the story. And the transformation is more of the like internal thing that happens inside of the hero. Both of those things are going to have to happen in a climactic scene in order for the story to feel complete for your reader. Now, I want to just do a really quick review because we've covered a lot so far, and the more repetition that you can have with this formula and framework, the more helpful it's going to be. So let's just go over what we've covered in the podcast so far. So far, we've talked about how storytelling is incredibly formulaic. I'm teaching you one of many formulas that are out there. It's just one interpretation of this way that stories operate. And 
It's my feeling that the simpler I can be with this formula, the easier it's going to be for you to engage with it and play with it. But obviously storytelling is also very complex. So if you feel like you're a little bit further along or if you're doing more reading, you're reading maybe Blake Snyder or another storytelling expert, or maybe you're familiar with Donald Miller and his work and you've already learned a lot about storytelling, know that there can be many, many layers to this and it can be incredibly complex. But sometimes starting simple is the best way to go so that you don't feel overwhelmed by learning the framework and you can just kind of play with the simple pieces. The other thing we did is we helped to define what your story is about. Defining what your story is about is called defining the controlling idea of the story. And we talked about how the controlling idea is a decision filter for your story. I also helped you choose a story from your life that you want to tell for the purposes of listening to this show. It'll be helpful for you to have one story that you're working with so you can practice and play with the framework. And then of course you can take the framework and move on and tell hundreds or thousands of stories from your life if you'd like to. In fact, you could tell dozens of stories from your life and line them all up together and call it a manuscript and publish a book if you wanted to. So we've defined what the story is about. That's your controlling idea of the story. I talked about how that's going to be a decision filter for you that'll help you determine what belongs in the story, what should be left out, where the story starts, where it finishes, et cetera, et cetera. We also talked about how this story is about a hero and that hero is you and we need to define what that person wants, what's the physical, tangible thing that that person is after. We talked about how a narrative arc is shaped around the transformation of the main character of the story. So if you're the main character of the story, we need to know who are you at the beginning of a story and who are you at the end of the story and what happens in the middle that causes you to transform. So that whole what happens in the middle part is what I want to start to get into today. Today, we're going to talk about what I call the one big problem. And what I love about talking about problems in stories is that this is one of the ways that life and storytelling really do line up. One of the biggest pieces of pushback that I get when I'm working with authors one-on-one or when I'm teaching workshops on this topic is people will say things like, well, you know, life doesn't really work like a story or life doesn't always tie up in a perfect bow at the end. You know, sometimes when we're working on resolutions or morals of stories, Life can feel so much more complicated and so much more nuanced and so much more complex than a story formula. And I I get that. There is a tension there. But when it comes to talking about the problem, this, in my experience, is one of the ways where life and storytelling really do parallel one another. So stories need problems in order to work. The minute that you resolve the one big problem in a story is the minute that your reader disengages and walks away from the story. They're just going to simply lose interest. My friend Donald Miller, who teaches the Write Your Story workshops with me, always shares the example that if you're watching a romantic comedy and 20 minutes into the movie, the couple went to the mall to go shopping together, you'd get up and leave the theater. You just wouldn't be that interested in watching two people go shopping together. What you're interested in watching is the tension, the problem between the two of them, the obstacles that are getting in the way of them being together. That's what keeps you engaged in that story. And it's what's going to keep a reader engaged in your story as well. Now, the thing I love about this is the parallel that this has to real life. In my experience of life, and I would imagine yours is similar, there's never a shortage of problems. There's always obstacles that are getting in the way of what we're after. And what I like to think about is that because problems are such a central part of a story, that problems are also a central part of our life. And when we encounter a problem in our life, rather than thinking like, oh gosh, another problem, this is always happening to me. What if we could instead think of this like awesome, the start of a story, the beginning of something amazing, an obstacle that's going to teach me more about myself or help me to overcome 
some old wound or something like that. So when we encounter a problem in our lives, we can either think of this as a problem, which it is a problem, but we can also think of this as an opportunity. And in fact, one of the things that I love that my friend Don Miller says about seeing our lives through the lens of storytelling is he says, when you encounter a problem, you can ask yourself the question, what does this make possible? Because what we know is that inside of the framework of a story, problems make a lot of things possible for the hero. Without a problem, there would be no story. Without a problem, there would be no transformation of the main character of the story, that hero that we're talking about. Without a problem, there would be nothing interesting, nothing engaging to stay in tune for. And if problems are this central to storytelling, maybe we can look at our life through the lens of storytelling and see them as this central to our lives as well. Problems are inevitable and they're going to pop up. There's no way to get around that. So we can ask ourselves about the problems we face in our lives. What does this make possible? And I know I haven't done as much of this on this podcast, but I want to just stop and linger here for a second and talk about how this is one of the many ways that storytelling can heal us in our lives. For me, writing my story has saved my life. I say that over and over and over again. It's really true. Being able to see my life through the lens of storytelling has shifted my perspective on such deep and foundational things. It's helped me to mine the truth and the wisdom that's inside of my life that I never would have been able to see or discover if I hadn't stopped and observed and paid attention and really looked there. And this is one of those things. I am embarrassed to say, I guess, that 10 years ago, if you would have talked to me, I probably would have sounded like I was playing the victim on a bunch of different things. You know, I would have talked about my life as if it was nothing but problems and I was never going to overcome them. And I was trapped inside of this reality that I didn't want to be in. And when I started to see my life through the lens of storytelling, I began to see how much agency I actually had to overcome these problems for myself. I began to see myself as the hero of the story. I began to ask myself this question about the problems in my life. If a problem pops up, what does this make possible for me? Does this make possible that I could transform into a more elevated version of myself? Does this create a possibility for carving out some character that wasn't there before? Does this allow me to learn a new skill that I didn't have before? Does this open up a new solution for me that I never would have considered if I hadn't faced this problem? So I want you to think about this as it relates to your story. I am going to teach you in this episode how to define the one big problem that's present in your story and how to amplify that problem because those two skills are what you need in order to get to the next phase of the formula. But I would feel like I was doing you a disservice if I didn't also pause and ask you to think about inside of your life story, what are the problems that you're facing? What's the one big problem that you're facing right now? If you could solve one problem in your life, what would that one big problem be? And ask yourself about that problem. What does this make possible for me? How could this problem actually be to my great benefit? How could this problem be so central to the story that's being written in my life that if it were gone, the story would be over, the story would be uninteresting, the story would have no engagement and I would have no reason to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Problems are incredibly purposeful inside of stories, but let's talk about some of the things that problems do.
Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. And we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Chris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Problems are incredibly purposeful inside of stories, but let's talk about some of the things that problems do. Problems create tension, which keep us engaged from the beginning of the story to the end. I talked about on a previous episode how you almost always enter into a story at the point of the biggest problem. Problems challenge the hero to change in some kind of positive way. The transformation that I've been talking about over and over and over again would not be possible without the problems that the hero has to overcome. The problems show the hero what he or she is made of. They help that sort of internal angst or internal problem to be visible on the outside. So there's always like an external thing that's happening, an obstacle that the hero has to overcome, which reflects an internal environment And that internal environment can't be healed until the hero is able to see the external problem. Problems also make stories seem very realistic because, again, this is a way that life and stories parallel one another. There are very few lives that I know of that have no problems. I've never met anyone, actually, who has no problems. So life and storytelling both have problems inherent inside of them, and we can either look at that as a big issue that needs to be overcome, or we can look at it as an opportunity. Problems build suspense and momentum inside of the story toward the ending. So it propels the reader from the beginning of a story to the end. It it speaks to a transformation that's coming. And problems also make a resolution inside of a story very satisfying. Isn't this true in life too? When you have to overcome a big obstacle in order to get to your resolution, 
doesn't the resolution mean more to you than it would if that resolution was just handed to you? The image that just popped into my brain was me running a marathon. I've only run one marathon in my life, but I had to try twice in order to get there. I had a stress fracture when I was training for my first marathon and had to try a second time. And let me tell you, when I crossed the finish line of that marathon, it was like I was on top of the world. I have, I've never felt such a high, like that feeling, knowing that I overcame that physical limitation I thought I had. I never believed that I could run that far. And to be able to train and follow a framework and take those baby steps and then actually cross the finish line was such an amazing feeling. And isn't that always the case in our lives and in our stories? So those problems are incredibly important. They're going to make the resolution even more satisfying for your reader and for you. So let's get into defining the one big problem for the story that you're working on inside of this process. So think for a minute about the story that you've selected, about what that story is about, about who the hero is in that story, how that hero transforms, about the arc that you built in the last couple of episodes. And I want to help you define the one big problem that's taking place in this story. Now, that one big problem is really important because it's going to take up most of the space between the beginning of the story and the end of the story. So remember how we set the arc by talking about who the hero was before all of this happened and then who the hero becomes at the end. That's setting the arc, but there's a lot of space in between point A and point B that we need to fill up and defining this one big problem is going to help us fill up that space. Obviously, inside of your story, you're going to have dozens of problems, probably, I don't know, 12 to 15 problems inside of a story that is three to five pages long. So what we need to define is what's the one big problem that encompasses all of those smaller problems. Sometimes when you're working on a story, the one big problem comes to you very quickly and you know exactly what it is. Like if you're going through a divorce, for example, it's the divorce. That's the one big problem. But maybe you're dealing with something a little bit more nebulous or a little bit harder to pin down and you're not sure exactly what the one big problem is. What we want to do is maybe list out the smaller problems first and then ask ourselves, what do these smaller problems have in common? So what's the one umbrella problem that can hold all of those smaller problems inside of it? I will say too, it helps if this one big problem is a physical, tangible problem. So let me give you a quick example of what that would mean. I worked with an author once who was writing a book about having chronic anxiety. And anxiety is a big problem and definitely warrants having stories and books written about it. And yet anxiety is not a physical problem. So what I encouraged him to do is to think about how this problem becomes physical. We had a long conversation about it that I, I don't need to recount all the details here. But essentially what we determined is that he was having these panic attacks and he could describe to me the physical things that would happen to him when he would have these panic attacks. And I really encouraged him to lean toward using those panic attacks as his one big problem because they're just much easier to define on the page. This is just the writer in me thinking ahead about what's going to make your job easiest when you sit down to write this story and also what's going to be most engaging for a reader it's going to be much easier to write about a physical, tangible problem that you're facing than it would to be writing about something that's more ethereal like anxiety. And in fact, we could even push this example further. One of the things that I asked him is what these panic attacks were keeping him from. 
I wanted to really define why these panic attacks were such a big problem in his life. And as we talked about it, he started telling me how these panic attacks were threatening his job. They were threatening his connection to his children. They were threatening his relationship with his wife. And we kept unpacking that more and more. But what I want you to see is that there's more than one physical tangible problem there. But using the panic attacks as the physical tangible problem and then using all of these other concerns that he had about his job and his relationships, his marriage, et cetera, is a way that we can build that narrative arc and fill in the blanks about what happens from the beginning of the story to the end. Let me give you one more example just to make sure this is really crystal clear. Maybe for you, you feel like your one big problem is something like insecurity, or maybe it's imposter syndrome or something like that. If that's your one big problem, I would challenge you to go a step further and ask yourself, how does this manifest itself physically? So one way you could do this is by showing your audience inside of the story, you standing on a stage. Maybe you're supposed to deliver a keynote presentation and you completely freeze and stand there stuttering on stage for three minutes or something like that. Or maybe you're just inside of a work meeting and there's something that you really want to contribute to the conversation, but every time you open your mouth, nothing comes out. Do you see how I'm taking a more internal problem and I'm making it physical and tangible so that it just makes it easier to show your reader the problem that you're facing and they can really see it show up on the page? So what is the one big problem that your hero is facing inside of your story that they're going to spend the entire story trying to resolve? Now, of course, you have that one big problem that's a physical, tangible problem, but I also want to talk about how we can do what's called amplify the problem. You want there to be one big problem, and you also want to take that problem a step further and amplify it. Now, this is the part of the storytelling process where you get to really move internal. So if the panic attacks are the physical, tangible problem, let's talk about how that makes the hero feel. Let's amplify the problem by talking about what it's keeping him from. It's keeping him from his job. It's keeping him from his family. It's keeping him from having an intimate relationship with his wife. It's keeping him from really feeling sturdy on his two feet. If we're talking about a physical, tangible problem of a divorce, then let's look internal and ask how this problem makes the hero feel. We can amplify the problem by showing the reader the interior environment of the hero. So does this make the hero feel unlovable? Does this make the hero feel broken? Does this make the hero feel alone or lonely? I like to think of the physical tangible problem as being like a handhold for the reader so they can really almost see that problem on a screen. And then when we amplify the problem and we go interior, this actually helps your reader to connect with the problem on a deeper level. So even if you're writing about a divorce and your reader has never been through a divorce, they have for sure in their lives felt lonely, they felt depressed, they felt unlovable, they felt abandoned, they felt forgotten. So when you can show the reader that interior environment of the hero, you help to connect with the reader in an even deeper way. So what I want you to do with your story is to define the one big problem, what's the physical tangible thing that your hero is trying to overcome, and then amplify that problem by demonstrating how that makes the hero feel. What's the interior environment of the hero based on that problem. On next week's episode of the podcast, I'm gonna introduce you to a character in the story that I know you're gonna love. This is one of the favorite parts of the storytelling framework. So I'm excited to talk about that. But until then, I wanna hear from you. What is the one big problem that your hero is facing and how does this make the hero feel? 
Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app.